So National Stationery Show first opened its doors in 1945. And although we didn't know it at the time, its February 2020 edition was its last. The news that the National Stationery Show brand was being retired broke July 27th. And my social media feeds were almost instantaneously filled with fond reminiscences and, let's be honest, no small amount of angst. Undoubtedly, we are all dealing with cancellations and disappointments on several levels in our personal lives, but this one just really hurt. My first National Stationery Show was May 1998, and I still remember navigating all those rows of gorgeous stationery on the main floor of Javits and then the three more endless rows downstairs. Some of my favorite ranges and people and parties happened during those amazing five days in May and then during its co-location with New York Now. But the writing has been on the wall for a long time in regards to the need for NSS to be reinvented. COVID-19 just accelerated the process. So while it is sad and I am bummed, I am choosing to be far more excited about New York Now's plans to create one single stationary destination in its market. Because let's be honest, a lot has actually changed in retail and culture since 1945. It's time. And this timing in particular, I think, is actually quite beneficial. Stationery is being rediscovered during this pandemic. It plays a different role from within more traditional gift lines than in the past. And there is just a lot going on in all its segments from tiny little makers churning out Corona cards that are keeping us connected to the bigger gift ranges that are starting to introduce, say, journals alongside its candles. All of it is reflecting the excitement of the consumer who is feeling isolated and sending letters, journaling, working at home, appreciating the post office with new eyes, all of which benefits the stationary category. And with all this going on, the category needs a fresh approach. But rather than me waxing eloquent on just what such a stationary destination should look like, today I am honored to have Tim Hart, Senior Vice President, Retail Group at Emerald Expositions, here with me to let us know more about the challenges Emerald has been facing with National Stationery Show and how they are reimagining the category. It's all right after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, 
journals and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chase dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from L.A. to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless Luke's surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting-edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl With Knife in hundreds of shops across the U.S. and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl With Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, L.A. Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and, of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. All right. So I'm in the paper fold with Tim. Welcome to the paper fold, Tim. Thank you, Sarah. Good to be here with all you guys. Thank you so much. So the topic that is on everyone's minds is your rebranded gift and stationery section scheduled to debut at the February New York Now. While it's sad to see the NSS brand founded in 1945 being retired, um, 
a full quarter of your show of your gift show, or I'm sorry, of the show exhibitors in the gift category are stationary show brands. So how will the new section reimagine the category to reflect it as it exists today? Sure, yes. I mean, first, you know, we recognize that this change will be tough and disappointing for some. We obviously want to thank all the retailers, brands, and publishers who have contributed to the success of the stationary show since 1945, right? It's 75 years, so it's been quite a ride. And it's clearly, you know, it's a fantastic and storied brand, but I think we feel time's come to create a definitive stationary destination within New York now because it's simply become confusing mm-hmm. to have two areas, one in New York now and one in the stationary show. So we really think we can better serve buyer needs by having that single footprint. So in a way, the decision is less about the stationary show and it's more about how we can create something today that makes the most sense um, for our buyers. Uh, given these decisions are always complicated ones to make, so we've worked um, with or network of contacts in the industry, and particularly our buyers, to think through um, how to make this work. And we want to make sure that in creating this new concentrated targeted area, we really are honouring the legacy of the stationary show. So like I said, it's really about reimagining the destination to create a better experience for buyers. And we think, you know, at retail, you see stationary greeting cards and gift together at retail, and we think that should be the same at the show as well. You know, Sarah, as you mentioned, like around 25% of our exhibitors in GIF today were already stationary. So reimagining and bringing together stationary and the stationary show, we think that's just the best way to grab buyers' attentions and create, create excitement around stationary at New York now. Absolutely. I mean, the prospect of having the little brand sort of alongside maybe the gift brands that, you know, dedicate a portion of their um, range to stationary, but they sort of overlap into gift. The prospect of it being approached sort of like under one banner, I think it's an exciting one. And it does sort of reflect where the industry is right now. Yeah, I think particularly when you look at and what happened to the paper industry over the past 10, 20 years, there have been some changes, but there's still a really vibrant um marketing community around paper, around stationery, around greeting cards and how it overlaps into gifts. So we're really excited to bring that vibrancy to New York now and really focus on stationery as a core destination within gift. Absolutely. So how will the new setup retain the best parts of NSS? Great question. Yes. I think one of the things that NSS has done done really well is to provide smaller emerging publishers and brands a platform into the show, right? So we're going to continue with our partnership with the Greeting Card Association and have the Greeting Card Association Village so Mm -hmm. we can bring in um, some of those smaller greeting card publishers into the show. So I think Mm -hmm. that's one point. And then there's still going to be that full range of product categories there as as well. We're going to try and have an area that's very thoughtfully curated and has a full breadth of paper and stationary products. So it's really a one-stop shop for buyers. And there'll be clarity for buyers as well, right? Because they'll come in to the section, they'll come into New York now, and they know actually here's the single destination to go to. They won't necessarily have to shop in two areas and walk between sections and find different companies. And similarly, you know, some exhibitors as well had to make a decision in the past around, well, do I go to the stationary show or do I go to New York now? And that wasn't a great place for them to be in. So I think we're going to we're going to eliminate some of that competition we created between the two sections and create this really sing 
sing, um, singular stationary area that will kind of hold true to the values of um, the values of NSS. Do you foresee like um, in past stationary shows, like a lot of times, you know, the word on the in the aisles, so to speak, would be, you know, the 1900 aisle is the kind of small, quirky brands. Um, do you foresee and, you know, this this row has like the more established brands, the rifle papers and the, you know, the bigger, the bigger brands that people seek out as well. Do you foresee a similar type of layout? I think so. Um, you know, the layout, um, which we did a um, Nuke Now webinar on Friday, where among other things, we talked about um, stationing, but we also talked about how for February 21, we're actually going to have a completely revised market layout for Nuke Now on level three. So actually what we're going through right now is a process where we really curate uh -huh. that floor plan in detail to make sure what worked really effectively in the past, like that example in the 1900 aisle, that kind of thinking is preserved. So you know, I'm, not, I'm not in a position right now to talk about exactly what the layout would be right. within the section because we want to work that through with our customers in detail. But certainly things that have worked really well in the past, we'll be looking forward to, to making sure those those type of features and excitement come still on the show floor in New York now. Great, great, excellent, and um, and so I mean, it's exciting to be able to be in a position where you're just reconfiguring your whole approach. Um, how do you feel like as you're putting it together? How do you feel that it is that you are able to better reflect the current market uh, as it stands? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it is one of the one of the um, exciting things we're doing as a show overall is we're reimagining. The complete floor plan because mm -hmm. not just for stationary but beyond that there's certain right. areas where you think we actually can shift to better reflect where the um, where um where that market is today so you know i think about stationary in particular and clearly the paper industry has faced serious challenges right as the economy is digitized and certain things that used to be done on paper have, have moved online mm -hmm. um but we still feel there's, and there's a huge amount of vibrancy around greeting cards, there's so much innovation there from the makers in that market. Um, so that's that's going to continue to be a significant part of it. Okay. Um, then also when you think about all the paper that, that within GIFT as well, it's not, not just greeting cards, there's also there's, in, there's invitations, there's wrapping paper as well. There's some really vibrant segments that are still there and it's up to us to meld them and fuse them together sure. in, in, a, in a way that really reflects on the current market. I do, I do think by definition, by creating a new section, we can actually um, we can start over and create something that truly is in line with, with where the market is today, rather than sort of harking back to perhaps where the market was 20, 30 years ago. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is changing. I mean, if to me, when I think about uh, like the difference between a Hallmark store and a paper source, to me, that's how stationery has evolved, you know, in the past several decades. And, and that's how the show should evolve as well to sort of reflect that. Absolutely, yeah. And that's all, that's the kind of that change is what we're trying to capture mm -hmm. on on the show floor. Sure, and I mean it's great. Um, so, how uh, do you feel that the reconfigured section? I guess both of the gift and stationery, as well as the larger show. Um, how do you feel that that will make a better shopping experience uh, for both uh, both the vendors as well as the buyers? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting question because um, historically, um, New York now has been split between level three and level one. Mm -hmm. Now, 
often there was competition between level three and level one because obviously the stationary show was in um, level four on the pavilion mm -hmm. and it was on um, and it was on level one but sometimes we had challenges getting traffic downstairs from level three to level one but by having the entire event on level three we actually have an opportunity to remove some of that competition and you know candidly in 2021, trade shows are likely to be smaller because of what's gone on with COVID in the economy. Sure. That means we can be accommodated on level three. But the benefit of that is it's going to be a far easier um, floor plan for buyers to navigate. And there's going to be room to grow. There's expansion the Javits Center coming online from summer 2021 that will give us an opportunity to grow into. And so there'll be you know, um, 500,000 gross square feet of contiguous space on level three that we can use from summer 21. I think fundamentally having a floor plan on one level, and don't forget level three of the Javits has the highest ceilings and it's a little temperature controls a little bit better than downstairs at the Javits. So we think it will be a cleaner, easier experience for um, for buyers to shop. It sounds lovely. And I, and I think it'll just be, it's refreshing. You know, it's just a little makeover and it's, you know, it feels like a new start. And I think we could all use one about now. Um, yeah, I think as well, I mean, some of the part of the benefit as well is we'll be able to draw out the different sections of New York now more clearly. So clearly, we're labeling it gift and stationery. So we're very focused on stationery, but it will allow us to do more storytelling and more positioning around stationery. And that's not true just for gift and stationery is true for other sections of the show. So we feel this kind of clean, fresh start would enable us to tell a better story around the curated um, collection of sections that we now have. I, I would absolutely agree. Um, I, I also wanted to, I wanted to back up a bit just to give listeners a sense of the challenges faced with putting on a trade show during a global pandemic. Um, to get a better sense of the, your perspective and the logistics involved, can you share the kind of issues you're dealing with on a daily basis to keep things moving forward? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's there's so much here, so I'll try not to, um, <laughs> to summarize. I'm not going right. into so much depth. But yeah, there's, there's, as you say, there's a lot of moving parts that we're having to navigate here to keep the show on the road. Um, <laughs> so I think first, just kind of touching on the kind of internal element, I mean, clearly the whole team has been working from home since March, and that's going to continue for some uh, for, for some time to come. And I feel like you know we, we haven't missed a beat. We've worked very closely as a team, and closer than ever. There's been a lot of up, up and downs, as you can imagine, but it's been a great sense of teamwork and unity and ability to focus. And I couldn't be proud of the way the teams work together. You know, we have team yoga sessions, cooking projects, daily meetings on Zoom. So yeah, it's been a real, um, it's been a fantastic way to actually work really closely. Obviously, it's not the same as being face to face, but the way the whole team is pulled together um, has been great. And then when we look externally, right, so I mean, our, and the core of our business, both on the retailer side and the exhibitor side, are small businesses. And obviously, they've come under huge pressure, like um, like, like, like they never have done before, with um, you know, most stores being shut down for two, three, four months. And then obviously, the knock-on um, pain that's created for, for supplies. And there's questions, you know, can these retailers reopen? Can they stay open? When can they reopen? How can we support them? You know, can we hold a market for them to come together and do business? Because you know, what this is reaffirmed so much is that our community of retailers and brands and makers and publishers really does rely upon us to come together and do business. And for us, it's really tough. And actually, we, we, we can't do that because then this is the situation um, with COVID and with large events not being allowed. So you know, that that's that's made it um you know dealing with that is tricky and then there's also thinking about 
you know, when it when it comes to cancelling an event, like you guys will recall, we originally postponed mm-hmm. New York Now and stationary sure. show from August to October. And that decision was based on feedback from buyers that they really, really wanted, but in fact needed the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pushed it to October because that was the month people were looking for. But as time wore on, right, it was clear it just wasn't going to be possible for us to run the event with travel restrictions into New York, no timeline for large gatherings being permitted, the spike in cases outside of New York. So all of that, you know, we just realised it wasn't going to be possible to run a safe event and ultimately everyone's safety comes first. So that's just another kind of the whole safety angle this year is another element we've had to deal with when when trying to keep trying to keep um, this show on the road. Um, so that, that has a flavour of kind of what we're dealing with. We're obviously working the Javits Centre as well to um to see when when that venue comes back online and when it's safe to run events there. So there's a yeah it's definitely you know, running a show is never simple given um, all the different moving parts in the community and trying to like customers but this year there's been (laughs) there's been so many new things that have come to light for us to navigate oh my gosh i mean it's it's really unbelievable i can imagine the amount of fires that you're putting out has to just seem endless um but thank you for doing it because everyone wants a show Hey nerds, yes, it's me, Sarah Schwartz, the paper nerd, and I'm dropping back in your episode with an important message about Noted and Gifted happening this April 17th and 18th at the Fort Mason Center for Arts and Culture in sunny San Francisco, California. While my paperfold guests and I talk a lot about various trade shows and markets on this podcast, take it from me, this can't miss happening stands apart from all the rest. First off, this community event is generated not by a corporate entity, but by the Nonprofit Greeting Card Association, led by a committee of engaged volunteers, of which yours truly happens to be one. All of us are committed to meeting maker needs, creating a must-attend event for buyers, and offering an experience that keeps the focus on stellar products and must-meet gift and stationary people. This annual event is the largest gathering of greeting card makers in the country. And this year, Noted and Gifted has been reimagined and reconfigured as a community event by both the stationary and gift community for the stationary and gift community. This West Coast market promises an elevated mix of both these important lifestyle categories presented alongside each other for an unforgettably dynamic buying experience. You just never know what you will discover in the next booth. No matter the role you play in our community, maker, manufacturer, artist, publisher, or designer, this gathering helps us all rise to the next level. Exhibitors can expect move-in ready spaces with hard walls, furnishings, and lights. Meanwhile, the overall design plays more on the idea of an art gallery than tired trade show with neighborhoods creating a distinctive atmosphere for connection and discovery that you won't find anywhere else. Spaces start at just 36 square feet and are ideal for those younger or smaller brands wanting to interact with the larger greeting card and gift community without the stress and investment of a traditional trade show. As you prepare to exhibit, take advantage of the available guidance and support from GCA membership companies along the way. You'll be all the better prepared to show and sell your creations to the ever-growing list of noted and gifted buyers. So far, buyers have registered from Anthropology, Austin Brooklyn, Cursive New York, Flax Pen to Paper, Mayor, Paper Luke's, the SF 
MoMA Museum Store and Sonoma Botanical Garden. And every time I look, there's even more amazing venues planning to walk the event. Simply put, you need these eyes on your artistry. Better still, if you exhibited at any of the winter gift markets, hurry up and register already for discounted pricing and, of course, to secure your prime placement. Oh, and did I mention that qualified buyers attend for free? Miss out on this elevated urban Bay Area event and you miss out on the springtime gift and stationery happening that has grown each year of its fresh five-year existence. There's community, there's connection, there's discovery, and there's design in spades. And you know I can hardly wait. Start planning your trip to San Francisco at greetingcard.org and be sure to tell my friends at the GCA that's Sarah sent you. So right. um, that being said, can you take can you take listeners through a visit to the February show from a COVID perspective? Like what how what is going to be what will most likely be different as it stands now? Um, everything from like face coverings to registration, booth limits, temperature um, taking. Um, what what can what can visitors expect? Yeah, sure. So I'll walk you through the journey um, in just a second, but kind of as a bit of a, um, a preface to that. And we've been oh, working sure. really closely with Alan and the team mm-hmm. at the Javits Centre on what the reopening plan looks like and how we deliver health um, an environment that is um, that delivers health and safety for all. Um, so Javits is going to achieve the Global Bio-Risk Advisory Council certification, okay. um, which basically means it will be it will be safe, it will be clean, and in fact the venue has already been sanitised and decontaminated following its use um, as a hospital. Okay. And um, this is an aside, actually. We think um, Javits will be a real asset when it comes to running a socially distanced event because it's so it's so large and spacious and obviously other venues are smaller and perhaps more maze-like so actually Javits when it comes to designing a social distance event Javits will actually then be a real asset for us so we just get, get back to that on um, that journey so um so we're going to encourage the first step um everyone to um to register online as much as possible so we um, avoid crowding um, mm-hmm. in the registration areas at Javits um there will be a maximum occupancy in the venue that we Will not want to exceed and won't be allowed to exceed so to manage to that there's likely to be staggered entrance for, um, for attendees into the building mm-hmm. um everybody will be required to wear a mask and everybody will receive a temperature check on the way in mm-hmm. to the event um once people are inside um the aisles will be wider than they typically would have been to allow for social distancing and um, all buyers and exhibitors will be required to social distance when in the building. Mm-hmm. We obviously can't enforce that to the T, but we'll be relying upon um, everyone there to make sure they are keeping six feet apart mm-hmm. um, as, as far as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, when we think about the interaction, to find a way so there's always a transparent barrier between mm-hmm. a buyer and exhibitor where they're talking. So at some point in some location within the booth, there should be that barrier so the conversation can be had um, safely um, between the buyer and the exhibitor. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, you know, other you know, typically in trade shows, right, you'll see programming and content and talks where people gather. Unfortunately, we won't be able to offer that, um, although some of that will be available online. I think it won't be safe to encourage folks to gather in large crowds. Um, and then when it comes to food concessions, we'll only be offering pre-wrapped grab-and-go options and there won't be any buffet 
style food. So yeah, it will be a very different experience from you know, what we're used to at Javits and the trade shows in general. But I think yeah, it's, we're very much focused on delivering an experience that is safe for all at the event. Yeah. Obviously, as, as we get closer to February 2021, um, just as it was this year, if it turns out we can't run a safe and successful event, we certainly won't be doing so. So I think everyone, everyone's aware our commitment to our community is running a safe event. I think we've um, our decisions this year have been led by that and it'll be no different in 2021. Absolutely. I mean, safety comes first. Uh, and But I think everyone is just so excited at the prospect, right? Personally speaking, I'm so excited at the prospect of, again, walking into, um, you know, the gift New York now. Um, it seems like I feel like it's been so long. It almost seems a bit surreal, the prospect of even seeing it. Um, we've talked a little bit about how much has changed, um, but what do you think will stay the same and what do you think that they will, um, they will continue to offer that you can only find in person? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, we've heard time and time again, both from, uh, retailers and exhibitors that the value of, uh, meeting face to face to one another, understanding the story behind the brand, touching product, feeling product, smelling product, right? I think we've, Everyone wants to get back to that when they can. And I think fundamentally you know, what New York now is doesn't change. Like we are the modern wholesale trade show, the retailers and specialty buyers and the diversity and discovery. But that doesn't change. We're still going to be meeting twice a year once we can in New York City. And it's still where buyers and designers can come and unearth a refresh and dedicated collection of lifestyle products. And that's all, that's our core. And that's what we're still going to be about um, in, in the in the post-COVID world. I think, um, you know, it's interesting. We're looking back at our winter 20 data recently. Um, New York now collectively, including the stationary show, there were 1,000 brands that were unique to the event and were not at Atlanta, okay. Vegas or Dallas. And there were around 350 brands here at New York now for the first time. So those values of discovery, uniqueness and newness, right, that, doesn't change that that will still be there in everything that we do and of course you know the events the events as you discussed it's going to be socially distanced we're going to be developing our digital offering alongside the event but the core of what new york now is about that element of discovery and newness that that that, that, that will continue to be the heart of what we do absolutely i can't wait um and finally my last question uh what resources are is new york now offering you know your communities and you have a lot of them um in the meantime uh to just sort of stay in touch uh during the, this prolonged separation yeah i mean there's been, there's been a lot of communication that we've undertaken about community actually it's been something that we've really been able to ramp up um working in the communities let me I'll talk about um uh, kind of two or three different areas sure. um i think key point is that you know, we're here for our community and we're doing what we can to support everybody. And normally we do that face-to-face with the market, but obviously 2020 is a different kind of year. We launched a campaign called Share, Support, Spend, Keep Small Businesses Alive. And this is all around providing practical material to our um, to our community. It could be around the CARES Act, it could be around the Paycheck Protection Program on our website. Could be about encouraging our community at large to support and spend with small businesses rather than with um, Amazon or Target or Walmart or whoever it is. Um, and we've also we've launched a series of webinars and podcasts. I'm sure, um, sure. sure you've seen Sarah. We've had some fantastic engagement around that. I think the greatest success we've had is that um, 
and it's about providing practical tips for retailers. So how to take great photos of product, how to take great videos of product, how to run a successful online store. That's where we've seen the most engagement when it's us providing content that helps our retailers being su be successful. Absolutely. I mean, so many of them have gone, you know, a lot of them were not even selling online before this. I mean, they've had to totally repurpose their business if they want to stay in business. So the fact that you're giving them the, these tools is invaluable and speaks to how, you know, you are a partner with them in the long haul. Exactly. And I think we've, um, we've also been pleased that that share support spend campaign we've um, now we have an increasing focus on diversity in New York now. I mean, we've connected that to the share, support and spend program. I think you know, in, in early June, everything that's going on in the country and the, the racial inequality and economic inequality that exists being highlighted. You know, we, we took some time to speak with black members of our team and black members of our community to learn and understand what it is that New York now can um, do to bring about positive change. And what we learned is in our reflection was that we've got this fabulous platform and reach in terms of the contact we have and retailers and exhibitors we want to make sure that platform is available to everybody um black owned companies women owned companies we want to make sure our platform is as open to a diverse group as possible so a few things we've done around that specifically as a start there's a list on our website of around um, over 300 black owned businesses and that's all about um that's about helping our retailers fulfill Aurora James's 15% pledge. I'm sure you, you guys have sure, heard about that. Sure. 15% mm -hmm. of the population in the US is black. So, you know, it follows that 15% of the shelf space should be given over to black owned brands. So we're helping retailers do that um, with that list. We also, um, some of you might be familiar with our brand spotlight emails where we um, spotlight a particular brand and the story behind the brand. In the past, we've opened that up only to current customers. Mm -hmm. We've actually taken the decision that should be open to prospects as well, so we can gather a far broader and more diverse pool of companies to um to, to promote. So we've done that, we've been able to gather I've been able to gather that that more that more diverse pool. So like I said, it's all about how we use our platform and our reach to help others be successful and making sure actually that's businesses of all um businesses um of all backgrounds. Just to start, I think there's more we can do down the line, but we're pleased to be making some initial steps there. I mean, I, I think it's amazing. And uh, to me, retail, or I should say good retail is really, it's all about storytelling. So you're, you know, telling the stories of these brands, you know, you're still bringing them to your, to your uh, clientele, which, which is incredible. And um, I know everybody loves reading them and certainly the people being profiled love you know, love love it as well. So it's a real win-win. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's received that. And we're hoping, that, hoping there's more that we can do in that regard to build. I think the other area in terms of community support um, we're um, working on is obviously we can't gather in person, um, but we can gather um, online in the digital space. So we will be launching the New York Now digital market in early October. Okay, um, wow. We've taken a lot of feedback from our buyers and exhibitors around this, and the takeaways for us were keep it simple, make it easy to use, make sure it looks good, and provide a way for brands and makers to show off their work and connect one-on-one -on -one with retailers. And we want to take time to find the right technology partner to do that. So like I said, we'll launch that in early October, and we're looking forward to there just showing off the breadth and depth of our retailers 
programs and makers. It's going to be about connection, reactivation, it'll be about holiday buying, and we're hoping we can provide a fantastic journey and a set of powerful tools to going forward and meet the needs of our community online and all year round. So we'll have more to share on the New York Now digital market um, in the coming days, but we're excited to be kicking that kicking that off and using it as a way to bring our community closer. Oh my gosh, it sounds so exciting. I can't wait uh, to learn more. And uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing it with with my audience. And um, I'm looking forward to um, bringing it to them when um, when you unveil it. Excellent, yeah, we're looking forward to So yes, stay tuned. All right, all right. Well, listen, Tim, thank you so much for coming by the paper fold. No, thanks, thanks for having me, So I'm glad we could have a chance to engage everyone in your community and um, look forward to staying in touch, everyone. And please don't hesitate to reach out to our team if there's questions about the new gift and stationery section or indeed other parts of New York now. And again, I also wanted to thank the stationery show community for all the support over the past uh, 75 years and as we embark on this new chapter. So thank you. All right. Thank you. Paper peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because, as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. 
I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plants, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming to the Paperfold. I don't know about you, but I, for one, cannot wait to step foot back into New York now, level three to be exact, for the rebranded gift and stationery section. I am the kind of person who needs something on my calendar to look forward to. And for now, I have two things. First, the New York Now Digital Market to be launched in October, followed by, in February 2021, the prospect of returning to Javits to be dazzled by great design and friends old and new alike, all in person. With that in mind, I am so grateful to Tim and the entire Emerald team for all that you do for the industry and by conjunction for all of us. And thank you, too, for listening. Personally, I have really enjoyed learning a completely new medium and connecting with my audience in a completely new way. It's been far more exciting than I ever thought it would be. That being said, uh, this coming weekend, my family and I are taking a few days off and I just cannot wait to recharge my batteries, to not look at any emails, not deal with any work-related headaches, just for a few days any longer than that, and I start missing it all. So when I get back, I'm getting to work on season two, and you all know the deal. Do you want to be here? Got an idea for an episode? Please give me a shout. And finally, if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave me a nice rating. But most importantly, stay well. Wow.